I don't know who's calling. I don't have the name on the caller ID. You, like, stop. Like, I can't take your... I'm on the phone with Zach. Stop calling. I don't... I, I will take your call after this interview. Sorry if I'm sounding Are frustrated. You okay, no, I'm not okay. okay. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Was anyone else having issues with Bally Sports Wisconsin today? I don't know how you watch, whether it's on DirecTV, you you got Spectrum, maybe I think the AT&T TV has it or whatever. I don't know. You watch an illegal stream to each their own. I think just about everybody was having issues with Bally Sports Wisconsin today during the Brewers game this afternoon. A couple of people I talked to, they all had the same issue. They were playing a rerun. Because it was it was the game from earlier this year where Brett Anderson comes in and then leaves a bunch of runners on base and then leaves with an injury. This game has happened before. They're playing the wrong game today. This was this was a rerun. This is a replay. So if there's anybody listening who's big wig at Bally Sports Wisconsin, just know that I we missed out on the Brewers game today because you were playing a rerun. I'd seen that game before. That was it's an episode that's already been aired. The Brett Anderson comes in, loads the bases, and then leaves with an injury. Maybe I'll do that during today's show. I swear, 520 is going to roll around, and David Monona is going to call in and tell me that I'm not a man and that I should go run around in short shorts and watch the Kitchen Channel. I, you know what? Maybe I'll just leave. Maybe I'll just say my hip's bothering me, and I'll just dip. You guys can handle it for you know half hour of silence from, from 530 to 6. How's that sound? Just pull a Brett Anderson, walk out of the studio. It's fine. It's a rerun today. I've seen that game a couple of times. Brewers lose. Brewers lose to the Reds. Uh, what was the final score? 5-1, 4-1. Who cares? Game doesn't matter. They took two or three. That's all they needed. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Graham Bills. And I hope you're having just a splendid day. And I hope that Brewers loss didn't ruin your day because we have a lot of positive things to talk about. The Reds needed to win at least two of three. Really what they needed was a sweep. They didn't even come close. They were able to salvage the series with one game. But that, that ain't going to be good enough. Brewers still have a huge lead in the NL Central. And I know everybody's, oh, the Brewers have such a hard schedule. Well, they've been okay against the Dodgers, right? They've been okay against the Giants. They should have won two or three against the Giants. Avi Garcia couldn't handle a pop fly. Brewers will be okay. And the Reds have already shown that they struggle to beat the Cubs and the Pirates. Those crappy teams, anyways. I'm not worried. Brewers took two out of three. That's just fine. Reds needed a sweep. The Brewers almost could have had a sweep. Brett Anderson just doing Brett Anderson things today. Going to talk a lot about the Brewers, including last night's game, because last night's game, Brandon Woodruff was awesome. And I don't want to shove that under the rug and forget about that because Brett Anderson did Brett Anderson things today. So we'll talk a little bit about today's game, but mostly I want to talk about last night's game. And I want to talk about the Packers because guess, (laughs) guess what? Aaron Rodgers had a press conference today. And I was hoping for just a boring run of the mill, not going all Plato or uh, Aristotle or Pick your favorite philosopher, Descartes. I don't know. Everybody's got their favorite. Rogers, God, he needs to stop. Every answer is like two or three minutes long. And when I'm trying to play this stuff on the show, I got to break it up and then I got to label it and organize it. And it's just a, it's just an ordeal. So I had to spend like an hour and a half today listening to Aaron Rodgers go on and on and on about a random bunch of things. So I have all that audio ready to go. So we're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers today. It's not like Kevin King yesterday where I said we were going to hear from Kevin King and then we never did. I, I mean it today. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a big part of the show and all the things that he talked about. 608. 7962558. It's the talk and text line. Twitter at Wisco Grant if you want to get involved with the show. Mike in Monona says, as a husband and father, real men 
wear chubbies and watch the kitchen channel. Yeah, we do. I, I'll let my quads show off. My quads, my thighs, my knees. I got muscular legs. Like a good run, like a good lower body workout. And hey, if you uh, if you got it, flaunt it. Right, Mike? At least I'm, I'm not wearing a crop top. I'm not wearing a tube top here. I'm wearing mid-length shorts of my legs. David Minona can pound sand. Brett and lacrosse, only eight and a half games up. Crap, Dave from Monona must be loving it. We already have a Dave and Monona mention. They beat you to it. Is it eight and a half? I thought it was more than that. Hold on, let me check. Eight and a half. Yep, you're right. I thought it was nine and a half. Still, no ground made up by the Reds. In fact, they lost a game over the course of the series. Castellanos coming in saying, we're going to smash them. Actually, that was Elaine Bernard to the Americans in 2008. Another, that might be the greatest sporting event of all time. The Jason Lezak comeback. The quote before the race where Elaine Bernard says, the Americans, we're going to smash them. That's what we came here for. All time, all time backfire on a cocky take, on a, on a cocky statement. Castellanos kind of saying, hey, we'd love to sweep the Brewers, get back on track. That did not happen, mostly because the Brewers won last night. That turned out to be the rubber game of the series. They won the series last night with Brandon Woodruff. So let's start with that game. I'm not exaggerating. No showmanship here whatsoever. Last night's game was over after the first half of the first inning. Grant, come on, stop, shut up. No, I, I believe this. I'm serious. Because I was at the YMCA last night. I was getting a good workout in before the game. And I was just wrapping up as the first inning was getting started. So as I'm leaving the weight room or the strength center or whatever, I don't know. On the TV, I see Brandon Woodruff. I was a little traffic on the bases. Gave up an infield hit. Gave up a walk. Ooh, that might be an issue. So walked down the locker room, grabbed my bag, get out to my car. And I hear Bob Uecker saying, all right, Woodruff, Woodruff got out of it. No damage. So the Reds didn't score. And I heard that and I said, it's done. It's over. Like that was their chance. That was Cincinnati's chance to put some runs on the board. They're not touching him now. And they didn't. Woodruff gave up four hits. One was a bunt single in the first inning. Another was a really lame loser, stoinker, bloop, drop in right behind Colton Wong. And I think Colton Wong and Avi Garcia both could have caught it. They just were scared they were going to run into each other. And I don't, I'm not stepping in front of Avi Garcia. I'd rather lay down on some train tracks. Are you kidding me? So two of the hits were either an infield hit or a little stoink single into right. Woodruff retired 13 straight at one point last night against a really good lineup and nothing against Corbin Burns here. But when Corbin Burns struck out 15 in a row, it's not like he was doing it against the Dodgers offense here. He's going against the Cubs, whose best player is Patrick Wisdom. And I like Patrick Wisdom, but I like him the same way that I liked Chris Carter in 2015 or whatever that was. Like, yeah, he's a nice player, but who cares, right? 13 straight at one point. No joke against a lineup like the Reds. And in his previous two starts, Woodruff had gone three innings in Chicago against the Cubs. Just ran out of gas. And then he gave up six runs in the fifth inning, his last start out in St. Louis. So last night, able to get the train back on the tracks and have a really, really good start against the best team of the three. Talking about the Cardinals, the Cubs. His best showing of his last three starts was against the best team. Six innings, 10 strikeouts, no walks, which is such a huge deal. You look at the walk totals for Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. They're not walking guys, they're winning. If the Brewers pitchers aren't walking guys, they're winning. So Brandon Woodruff doing what an ace does. Minimizing the frequency of bad outings. Bouncing back after a rare bad outing. Quickly. Getting that getting that St. Louis start out of the way with. Coming back and, and pitching really well last night to control and, and to secure the series for the Brewers. He talked about getting over that outing in St. Louis and how he moved on to last night. That was one of the things that's in the past. I got over that pretty quick um, and had to move on to... To this series, and, and, and as a, this isn't anything personal, but it's, it's 
this time of year is every every game is is such a team team game. Once you get close to October and you get into September, man, it's just it's doing it for nobody else except the team. For like the boys. that's that's the fun part about it. So for the boys. my responsibility was to get myself ready after the last one and uh get ready for this one and it was a big series and was just able to make a couple adjustments in in between. Um St. Louis in this one, and and they started to show up tonight. So thankful to to get through six, and was able to you know put the team in a good position. Big adjustment, no walks. Wasn't walking guys, no free passes last night. And I don't know what the official number is. This is more of a gut feeling, eye test type of thing. But I would wager that if you go through all of Corbin Burns' outings and all of Brandon Woodruff's outings, and you select only the games in which they walk, let's say one or fewer batters, or two or fewer batters. I bet the winning percentage in those outings is tremendous. I bet it's great. Last night, Brandon Woodruff, like I said, six innings pitch, no earned runs, 10 strikeouts, no walks. I'm going to pull up his game log here, so give me a moment. I don't remember if he walked a bunch of guys in that game in St. Louis, but I just want to check. Um, in that game, he only had one walk, so not terrible. Brandon Woodruff typically isn't walking guys. If Freddie gets a little shaky, he'll walk guys. Corbin Burns, every once in a while, will have a walk outing. Let me see. What's his worst outing of the year, Woodruff, walk-wise? He had four against... The Reds on July 17th. That was a game that the Brewers won anyways. So that didn't turn out to be a a big factor. Yeah, that's the most batters he's walked all year. Four. So Brandon Woodruff, really good at minimizing walks. He was in more control last night. And the difference, says Brandon Woodruff, is utilizing his fastball more. Tom Hodricourt's like, were you using the fastball more? And Woodruff, right away, he's like, oh, yeah. Woody, when, when push came to shove, did you use your fastball more tonight? 100%, Hundred percent, yeah. The difference for me is just getting ahead. Like that's that's like number one for me. So when I can get ahead and I'm able to, you know, locate the fastball for the most part, it it just helps me out so much more with everything else. You know, that's my game. So for the most part, to the lefties, I was able to get up and in, and that was a, a big spot to get to. And when I'm able to do that and do it consistently, everything else just kind of plays off of that. And then just execution that, you know, that's, that's what bit me last game. Um, this tonight did a little bit better job of executing and Omar called a heck of a game. We had a good game plan going in and, you know, what we wanted to do. And for the most part, we we're able to execute it. So just getting ahead and being able to mix it up. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I do. Getting ahead in the count, not falling behind. See, that that's probably the difference with Brandon Woodruff. He doesn't walk a whole lot of guys, but his trouble comes where he's consistently behind in the count because then it becomes a little bit easier to read. Hitters can be a little bit more aggressive and start to ambush pitches, fastballs, getting ahead in the count. That answer is about 60-second song, 51-second song. I think the final five seconds of that sums up Brandon Woodruff perfectly. Just getting ahead and being able to mix it up, and, um, you know, that's that's kind of what I do. Getting ahead, being able to mix it up. Uh, by the way, last night, Brandon Woodruff threw 104 pitches. 70 of them were strikes. Always working from ahead. Always working from a position of strength. And when you have a fastball like Brandon Woodruff, you can come from a position of strength. You can do pretty darn well. You notice how confidently he answered Tom Hodricourt one more time. Tom's like, hey, use fastball more. Is that a big difference? Woodruff, you can hear the smile through the answer. Woody, when, when push came to shove, did you use your fastball more tonight? 100%, yeah. 100%, yes, absolutely. Because Brandon Woodruff's fastball is his, his best pitch. That's his staple pitch. He's got an okay curveball, a pretty good changeup. He, he was locating his curveball last night for strikes. There were a couple of good ones. Um, he could get guys looking on that. But the bread and butter is the fastball. And that fifth inning in St. Louis, we talked about it the day after that game. 
he kept forcing his breaking ball like he was trying to prove, no, I can get guys with the curveball, even a changeup here and there he was using. And St. Louis just had a handle on it. And I think that's the stubbornness of Brandon Woodruff. And when we described, remember when we talked about all three starting pitchers and I compared them to Food Network chefs? And, and we, we said, which words do we think of when we think about Freddie Peralta or Corbin Burns? And with Brandon Woodruff, I said challenger, right? He's going to challenge you. He's going to try to beat you strength on strength. Like, hey, I'm going to throw this pitch right at you. Do your best to beat it. And that's a good trait. That's a good trait when you're locating your pitches and when you're working from a position of strength, as Woodruff was last night. It's great to be a challenger. But the other side of that coin, the more negative side of the coin, is, is you'd be a little stubborn, right? It's like, no, I know they're hitting my changeup, but I, I swear to God, I can throw it for strikes. I'm going to keep going. And I think that's what happened in St. Louis. And last night, Brandon Woodruff pitching from a position of strength, saying, I'm just going to pour fastballs in there. I thought this was really cool. Shortstop Kyle Farmer of the Reds talking last night about Brandon Woodruff's fastball. And speaking of, like, word crafting and labeling things, the way he describes Brandon Woodruff's fastball, this is really interesting, and I wanted to play it for you. His fastball is on a different level. Um, his four-seam just, I consider, I call it a very angry fastball. Mm. It just, it's heavy, it's Ooh. hard, and it just comes right at you, and uh, he, can, he can blow it by you pretty good. They say radio is theater of the mind. That's that's theater of the mind from Kyle Farmer. It's an angry fastball. It's a heavy fastball, right? It's thick. Right? It's 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 not easily you can't just flick the bat out and get contact off it. You need to square it up, you need to put a good swing on it, otherwise you're gonna foul it back or he's gonna blow it right by you because it, it carries some weight. Once that's on the way to home plate, it's got momentum. It's got a set of shoulders to it, right? And I heard that from Kyle Farmer last night. I'm like, there we go. Yep, need to play that tomorrow because I think that illustrates how Brandon Woodruff does his damage. If he can get ahead in the count, and he was last night, that was the difference between last night and St. Louis, then he can just gas you up. And you might be able to maybe put the bad head on it, but you're not going to get solid contact. You're probably going to foul it back, and then he'll throw it again, and chances are you're going to swing and miss. Chances are. It was really cool to watch uh, Brandon Woodruff pitch last night, and yeah, Brett Anderson stunk today. I mean, he did okay up until he tweaked his hip. His answer, I was just looking at Twitter during that last piece of audio we were playing. Brett Anderson's quote, uh, oh, now I lost it. Hold on. Adam McAlvey, Adam McAlvey, Adam McAlvey, Adam McAlvey, Adam McAlvey. Joe Biden, get out of my way. I'm trying to find Adam McAlvey. Brett Anderson doesn't think his latest leg issue is serious. Quote, kind of tweaked my leg, hamstring, hip, groin area. <laughs> Just being a non-athlete. It's kind of frustrating slash embarrassing, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's, I mean, I've had issues with that area too. I, I've never played competitive baseball, but when I'm really finding myself in hot and heavy moments, athletic moments, I always struggle with my leg, hamstring, hip, groin area. It's very, it's very specific. It's, it's not an issue for everybody, but I guess me and Brett Anderson, we built the same way. I don't know if it's genetics, but some people just lifelong issues, chronic issues with that leg, hamstring, hip, groin area. That area specifically can be real bastard, especially fielding ground balls towards first base. 608-796-2558, the talk and text line, Firefighter Greg. Oh, Greg, you're a Twins fan. Says it's Firefighter Greg. I know the Brewers are better, but go Twins. David beat Goliath. How are the Twins doing right now? Two of my best friends are Twins fans. I was Zooming with them the other night. One lives in the cities and another now lives in New York. Talking about the Twins a little bit. They're going to some games this weekend because they're both back in town. Tickets are cheap. I almost want to go see Brewers Twins at Target Field this weekend. Anyone on a road trip? Put a little bus together. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rent a van. I'm going to charge people like 35 bucks for the ride. Bring your, bring your own beverage. Bring your own tailgating stuff. Although you don't really tailgate outside Target Field. I'd love to go up Target Field, um, assuming it doesn't rain. Because the last couple times I've gone, it's rained. And we have to hide out under the porch, wait for the game to start. But the aesthetic is fine without the roof. Don't worry. 
if it rains, you're SOL, but at least the aesthetic is fine, ladies and gentlemen, because that's the vibe is okay. And really, the vibes is what baseball is all about. God forbid we should actually play a game if the weather is not nice. In Minnesota, where the weather is almost never nice. What were we talking about? Brandon Woodruff? Yeah. Let's take a break. Let's talk more about the Brewers coming up next. We're going to get into the Packers and Aaron Rodgers at some point between now and 6 o'clock, too. Hang around. I'd love to hear from you on the Talk and Text line and on Twitter. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers making more surprise roster moves. Devin Funches placed on injured reserve ending his season. The 27-year-old receiver opted out last year, but had shown some flash in camp. However, Funches had been dealing with a sore back and nagging hamstring injury. After family night, he was asked how much he had missed football. Yeah, just have a job again. Being back in my real element with the guys, testosterone banging against each other and all that. So it's fun, man. It's just, I'm blessed. You know, people take this for granted just to be able to play this kid's game for a living. Against the Texans, Funches made a one-handed catch on a pass from Jordan Love, head coach Matt LaFleur. Yeah, Devin did some nice things. And I think for any of these guys, year one in our system can be a little bit challenging because we have a lot of different formations. And that's, I mean, really the foundation for being able to get lined up and then go out out there and execute. So I was I was happy with not only Devin, but all these young guys being able to get out there and, and get lined up and, and play football. So with Devin Funches gone, that leaves the door open for guys on the bubble like Equinemia St. Brown or wide receiver and special teams ace Malik Taylor. Uh, I know last year, coming into this year, one of the biggest things that I wanted to work on is playing fast, you know, going out there, not even thinking, just letting loose, really. It makes it easier when you have a quarterback like Kurt, Jordan, uh, all, all those good guys, Aaron, and just being out there to play fast. And, you know, when you can that, you know, that confidence builds and, you know, it, it, it's fun out there. Best Packers coverage. Best Packers coverage. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers spoke to the media today. We'll hear from him. I don't know. At some point, we'll get our Brewers conversation done with and then we'll make our way to Aaron Rodgers. He talked about just about everything. You might ask, Grant, what did he talk about? Well, why don't I tell you? Marquez Valdez-Scantling, off-field mindset impacting on-field performance. Is this his best camp so far? What about everyone else in camp? What about Jordan Love and Josh Myers while we're at it? How he's doing? Is this a Super Bowl year or bust? And if so, how does that mindset impact the team? And a young offensive line, that's got to be a real pain. (laughs) That's the rundown. I have like 30 different clips of Aaron Rodgers. We'll probably... Listen to like 10 of them. I kind of got frustrated listening to Aaron Rodgers today. I'm like, oh my God, we just need football to start. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I need real football. I can taste it. It's on my tongue. It's close. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name, Grant Bills. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I'm just, these Brett Anderson quotes. I can't believe this dude's real life. If the Brewers weren't so darn good, I, I would probably complain about him a lot more. Like, he can turn a great double play. I'll give him credit for that, but it's everything else. It's just a pain in the butt. Today's game also ended in controversy. Not really, but Jace Peterson was the final out of the game, and second base umpire Chad Fairchild, stupid name, said that, uh, I know there's a town called Fairchild. It's just his name that's dumb. Chad Fairchild was like, hey, he's out of the baseline. No, he wasn't even close. 
What is it with umpires who come to American Family Field and we like to create things that aren't there? Remember the interference play at the first baseline? Who was pitching? Was that Zach Godley? It was someone ran- It was someone random. I don't even know if they're on the team anymore, if they're in the minors. It was, it was the dumbest call. It was the dumbest call. These umpires will look for things that aren't there, and then they'll call a pitch right down the middle, right down the pipe. They'll be like, ah, that's ball one. What are you? <sighs> Umpiring's a bad job. I, I get it. It's a tough job. Very few men can do it, but it's a lot harder when you're looking to create things that aren't there. That probably makes an umpire's job harder. That's something that's in their control. Whatever. Whatever. Brandon Woodruff last night was excellent. Brett Anderson, not so much today. The bullpen last night, again, was very, very good. Boxberger, Williams, Jake Cousins was really good. He actually closed down the game in the ninth inning. I think Brad Boxberger, I think there's an interesting plan for him in the postseason. This is something that I talked a little bit about. I was on with Hunter Baumgart, our friend of show, up in Rhinelander on WJJQ. I was on his show last night right after 6 o'clock. And we got to talk about the bullpen, and he's like, hey, can you rank the bullpen arms at this point in the season? Like, obviously, Hader, Williams, probably Boxberger is the third guy. But then Aaron Ashby, Jake Cousins, he could talk about other guys, maybe Brent Suter, maybe Hunter Strickland, who's been pretty good, right? I think Brad Boxberger is going to play an interesting role in the postseason because I always use 2018 as a point of reference on how to manage a bullpen, on how to navigate through a postseason game from starter, first inning, middle relief, to leverage innings in the eighth and then closer in the ninth with Josh Hader. In 2018, it was Jeremy Jeffress, but you get my point. They used their, by my estimation, their third best reliever in 2018, which is Corey Knable, who was still excellent. They used him in a little bit of a different role. So Jeffress was your closer. Hader was your wild card. Now Hader is your closer. I think Williams is a wild card you can use kind of anywhere, although they'll probably use him in the eighth. Boxberger, I think, could play the Knable role in 2018 which was a sort of closer for the starter. Now, the rotation in 2021 looks very different than the rotation in 2018. You're relieving pitchers like Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, instead of Wade Miley, Gio Gonzalez, and Yoli Chassin. But in 2018, when Chassin would get into the fifth inning, so we're through five and a third, it's a little trouble. Council got to go get him. Well, let's get Corey Knable. Let's bring Knable in, slam the door on whatever's cooking in the fifth, and then... If we want to use a, a a worse reliever, I don't mean worse in a bad way, but a, a reliever who's not Knable, not Jeffers, not Hayter, so let's say Joaquin Soria. Well, then we can bring him in in the 6th or the 7th with the bases empty, right? But we use Knable, our third best reliever and closer caliber player, and Boxberger's closed games in his career. We'll bring him in to wipe the slate clean for the starter if the starter gets into trouble. Why not Boxberger in that role again? I... I don't know. Boxberger's been really good recently. Now, obviously, things could shift around. Boxberger could take a dive. Jay Cousins could get better. Aaron Ashby could turn into a superstar. A lot can happen in the next month and five days or so. But you get my point, right? Why not use Boxberger as a sort of closer for the starter when the time comes? Now, they might not need a closer for the starter. I don't know if in the postseason, if the sixth inning rolls around and Corbin Burns walks the opener in the sixth. I don't know if he's going to go pull him the same way that Council would have pulled Chassin or Wade Miley for the same thing. Because your best bet probably isn't going to Boxberger. Your best bet's probably betting on Corbin Burns. Where is in 2018, your best bet wasn't to ride Yoli Chassin any longer. It was to get into that bullpen because the bullpen was so good. You don't want the other team to jump over you and start scoring runs without going through Knable, Jeffress, Hader, 
Soria, Burns, Sedano. You know, they had a, a big batch of really good relievers in 2018. The recipe is a little different. The circumstances are a little different, but maybe they use the same process. And I think process is just as important with bullpen management. I think process is just as important if talent, maybe a little bit more. And I think maybe we've seen that play out with the Reds, especially juxtaposed to the Brewers and their series over the last three games. Something I want to talk about probably a little bit more before the end of the show, but I want to talk a little bit more about Brandon Woodruff, and we'll get into the Packers as well. Coming up next, some audio from Aaron Rodgers. I would love to hear from you this week and last week. Outstanding caller interaction. 10 out of 10 job. Everybody. Brendan Madison, Dave and Monona, Brett and Lacrosse. Eric on I-90 called in yesterday when we were talking Brewers just to admit that he's a bandwagon Bucks fan, but that's okay. And yes, Eric, it is okay. It just cracked me up that you called in to talk about that. And you did want to talk about Kirk Cousins too, don't get me wrong. But the interaction has been awesome. And I think that's made the show a lot better. Because like I like talking. Like sharing my opinions, but I don't need to do it for two straight hours. I like the conversations we've been having. So let's try to keep that ball rolling. 608-796-2558. I can get to your calls and texts here in about three minutes. First, we're going to hear from our good buddy, Zach Heilprin of the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. You know Zach. With this yeah, Wisconsin Sports yeah. Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heilprin. Yeah, that's Zach. We know him. We love him. Our voice, our fearless leader, our sports director, our Zach Heilprin. We'll get to him coming up next. Some interesting quotes from Brett Anderson. We're going to read those and laugh at those coming up next. And I just want to talk more about the Brewers because this team is excellent. And they're on pace to win just about a franchise high in games. They're close to 30 games over 500, for God's sake. So we're going to talk about that. More of the Wisco Sports Show up in two minutes. After this interview. Sorry if I'm sounding frustrated. No, I'm not okay. okay. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Zach, 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 Zach. Thank you for that update, Zach Heilprin. Follow him on Twitter at Zach Heilprin. Should we get him on the show tomorrow? I love Fridays with Zach. The vibe is always excellent. Zach's such a fun Friday guest. Lighthearted. You know, he makes fun of me, questions my takes and my ethics, and I I laugh at him. This is a good time. Such a fun back and forth we have. Maybe he'll uh, be available a little bit tomorrow. We should try to get him on. Talk about training camp and stuff. No Mike Clements tonight. We talked to him on Tuesday. We talked to him yesterday. So Mike's got the day off. We'll talk to him next week. Uh, We will hear a report from Mike coming up at uh, 5.50. But no live conversation with Mike tonight. No storytelling. No story time with Mike Clements. That's the new name of the segment I've decided. Story time with Mike. Story time with MC with Clements. Clemdog. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. I love this quote. This is an all-timer from Brett Anderson after the game. On his latest leg issue. Quote. Kind of tweaked my leg, hamstring, hip, groin area. Just being a non-athlete kind of frustrating slash embarrassing but it is what it is let's find i wonder if i can find the brett anderson audio hold on i want to i want to hear this in context um so let's see twitter valley sports wisconsin valley sports wisconsin having issues today by the way they were playing a rerun they were playing a game uh they were playing a, a rehash this was a recorded game it's the one where brett anderson gets hurt and then leaves with runners on base they're having tech issues today because i've it's a rerun i've seen that game before so valley sports wisconsin please get your crap together Embarrassing, really. Their streaming app is bad, but today they were playing the wrong game. I've seen that before. 
608-796-2558. Big Joe. Big Joe, what's up? Grant, what's up, buddy? How are you living? Oh, I'm great. Brett Anderson kind of, hey, didn't ruin my day at all. It was a bummer they couldn't sweep, but I'm doing well. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I, I had it on a little bit during one of my breaks at work. So, yeah, I caught it when it was one nothing crew. And then after that, one of my buddies had text alerts. And he goes, yeah, it kind of fell apart today. I go, hey, at least we took two or three. And it's still, you know, we're still in good shape. I'm not too worried, buddy. No. Hey, hopefully, uh, hopefully my San Diego Padres can pass the red sign and get that wild card. Yeah, what's – I know you're a Padres fan. Is there a backstory to why you're a Padres fan? And if so, do you believe in this team? Because they're kind of in free fall right now. They keep losing. They're, they've been so hit or miss all season. Um, backstory is, yeah. as a kid, Grant, uh, you always had your favorite baseball players. Mm-hmm. Mine were Tony Gwynn and Ken Griffey Jr. Oh. So, Tony Gwynn was just one of the best pure hitters I ever saw. Well, and he just class act. Great player. We were talking about batting average yesterday. Tony Gwynn, a batting average monster. I heard that, and that yeah. was so cool. Yeah, shout out to uh, your Potters. I didn't know that was your team. Yeah, just thinking that 94 season, if he wouldn't have struck out maybe two or three times and gotten a hit, he would have easily hit 400, no problem. Yeah, that's nuts. That's yeah, nuts. you finished 94 hitting 394. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's really impressive. By the, the Potters have lost two of their last eight. If, imagine how crazy it would be, Big Joe. Imagine how crazy it would be for the Dodgers and the Reds to be in the wild card game, and the Dodgers, yep. who are up 11 games on the Reds, they're 11 games better than the Reds, and the Dodgers, right. who are, geez, I mean, the Dodgers are so much better record-wise. They've earned it way more to, to the degree than the Reds have, but the Reds could knock them out in a one-game playoff. Imagine how nuts that would be. Oh, exactly. I just, I think the Reds got a little bit better offense, but though, as a team-wise and pitching, I think the Dodgers are a complete team. They yeah. really scare me. Um, Grant, I've been saying this too all along. I think a team that's just lying in the weeds, lying in the weeds that could be a sleeper in the playoffs are the White Sox. I've been saying that all along. They're they're a good team. Well, their bull, the back end of their bullpen is insane, right? They have oh god, now I'm gonna, Liam Hendricks, and then they got Liam Kimbrell, Hendricks, and yeah. then who's they the got, other? They got Hendricks, Kopechic, Kop- yeah, Kop- and you got Kop- Hendricks, and now you got Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. And then Kopechek or Kopechic, it's something Russian-sounding, but I know that's not it, but I'm, I'm close. He, he, he's probably a hockey player in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he stays busy in he, the winter by playing hockey. Grant, yeah. you like this one, buddy. He takes off his skate and tries to stab somebody. He's the only guy in league history to do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, real quick, too, if I, if I may, buddy. Go ahead. Uh, in regards to the Bucks, I'm happy with the, with the Budenhoser signing to have him extended as a coach because I remember last year during the playoffs, and even you were talking about it. All these people wanted um, to fire Boonhoser and bring in Chauncey Dulles. Honestly, Boonhoser is a great coach for this team. It's like, honestly, who would you get that's better than him to take over? I know people want Shaka Smart in the NBA, but the thing is, is I don't know if he's quite ready yet. I know some people are saying Brad Stevens could get the Bucks to that level, but what happened in the end? Boonhoser got us the championship, and we're number one. Um, honestly, I think in the East next year, you're going to see some teams on the rise and some teams on the decline. Mm. I think teams that are definitely on the rise are Atlanta and the Hawks, mm-hmm. or excuse me, Atlanta and the Knicks, and then definitely teams that are on the on the decline, the Sixers. And I don't remember who the guy is that's filling in with, with uh, Nelson this morning with Evo with being on vacation, but he disagreed. He goes, the Sixers are going to be better than we think. I go, honestly, and Bede always gets hurt if Simmons can't shoot a jumper. Yeah. I'm not big on the Sixers. I don't. 
I'm not big on the I'm Heat either. either. I'm not big on the Knicks. I, I think the Hawks are going to be a fun up-and-coming team. They have everything lined up. Definitely. Um, hey, I, I yeah. tell you what, you'll, you'll give me two, Grant. Last point, and I'll get going. Sure. Um, the Nets, they're a hit-or-miss team because they always seem to fall in the playoffs, and the Lakers are just getting old. And I just I don't, I don't, have a hard time putting the Lakers past the second round. I really do. They're old. It wouldn't take a whole lot. An Anthony Davis tweak, a LeBron tweak, and that's just about it. But then they have Westbrook. Westbrook's going to help them, I think, get through the regular season. I love that you brought a little taste I, of the NBA I, today, Big Joe. I didn't expect this. This is great. Grant, I like mixing it up on you, buddy. I, you need to keep me on my toes. I pre- appreciate that, Big Joe. Thanks for the call. Yeah, definitely, buddy. Always good talking to you. Yeah, you as well. Have a good night. Big Joe in Madison. He just threw so much at me. You said the Dodgers were a complete team. They better be a complete team. They're spending $70 million more than the next closest team. Their total payroll is 267 The Yankees are 200 And then it's the Mets, the Astros, Phillies, and way down a lot lower. Where are the Brewers ranked in the league? The Milwaukee Brewers are 19th, $97 million, So they're below league average. Yeah, the Dodgers better be. Dodgers better be good. They better be a complete team. They're paying for it. Right? Thank you for the call, Big Joe. I appreciate you said a bunch of things in there, and there were a couple things I wanted to react to, but I think they'll they'll come to mind as we go along. I really like the White Sox because the back end of that bullpen is nuts. And in the postseason, if you have a bullpen, those are arms you can use every other game, every game. You can't use a starter every game. You can use bullpen arms. You can move them around, use them when you need, use them when you want, right? Not so much with starters. So I think having an amazing back end of the bullpen, and it's not like the Dodgers have a terrible bullpen, but you get my point. The White Sox, I think, I agree, are really, really good. I want to hear a little bit from Brett Anderson just because I'm fascinated by this quote he gave us, and I think I'm missing some humor somewhere in here, I hope. Here's Brett Anderson after the game. Brett, can you just tell us how you're feeling? Yeah, I'm uh, fine. I uh, just kind of tweaked my, like, I don't even hamstring, hip, kind of groin area, kind of weird play. Um, just being a non-athlete, it's kind of frustrating slash embarrassing. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. By the way, that we- I'm not looking to roast Brett Anderson. This is comedy. Brett Anderson is the last starter on the team. He probably won't pitch in the postseason. It just cracks me up. He's like kind of a weird play. What the weird play was a a routine, slow, rolling ground ball to first. My God, how did you survive? Uh, Next question. Come on, let's go. Brett, Brett, it's kind of been a tough season with the little stuff like that, hasn't it? Yeah, usually, you know, when I have an injury, I give it 110% and break a bone or blow out an elbow or blow out my back or something. These have been kind of just kind of knick-knack, kind of annoying things. And, um, yeah, um, frustrating. God, this dude is the worst. He's, he's, I, I see so much of me in there. What he's doing is he's deflecting through massive amounts of sarcasm. And I, I, yeah. Yeah. What a, what a jerk. Oh, my God. Brett, was there any thought you might be able to continue, or was it clear? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think, I think if I would have continued, it might have got a little better, but I think the risk-reward was, wasn't there. I think it probably would have got worse. I think it's just a tweak, but, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. Last couple starts, <clears throat> or handful of starts, it felt like I've pitched good enough to keep us in the game, but also bad enough not to win the game. Um, you know, tipper kept to Corbin last start, tipper kept to Sonny today. He's really good, but, um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> one, one inning, the last few starts kind of, kind of put us in a hole and we weren't able to battle back out of it. But, um, you know, won the series. We'll always take that. I just, you know, kind of frustrating being in the weak link both times here. But, um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm one pitch away or one out away from feeling pretty good about an outing. It just hasn't happened these last couple times. Look, we're listening to him because it's cause it's funny. It's entertainment here. That's what we do. It's not just sports. It's sports and stuff here on the Wisco Sports Show. We have laughs. We talk a little Food Network. 
talk about Brett Anderson. We're listening because he's funny. I'm not meaning to bully him. Brett Anderson has pitched a good majority of the time to keep his team in games. Now, he also loves leaving runners on and then leaving with an injury. I'm pulling up his game log because I just want to see what he's been doing here. Okay, 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 okay. So, today's game isn't in there. But they lost to the Nationals. He went five and a third, gave up three earned runs. Eh, could be worse. Lost to the Pirates in seven. He only went three and a third, then six runs. That That's toxic. That was bad. Against the Giants, five innings, one earned run. I'll take that. Take that every day of the week. Kept the team in the game. And then five and two-thirds and one run against the Braves. I'll take that. Brett Anderson, more often than not, has been fine, which is what you need. I would prefer my final starter to at least be fine and available. Right? Fine and almost never available and always banged up. That's a little different. Brett Anderson. Do you know how this will affect your next selling, Brett, if it will? No, I mean, we'll, you know, the cliche day-to-day, see how I feel tomorrow and go from there. All right, that's fair. That's, that's fine. Yeah, I believe that. Cool. Brett, obviously today wasn't a good day for the team, but you guys, like you said, you won the series. Uh, you must feel good about what the team's doing. You just keep clicking off series win and keeping a good in a good spot in the division. Yeah, I mean, especially at home, you know, our, like I said, our home road splits have kind of been a little backwards here this year, but uh, to win a couple of series at home and uh, just go on, this, go on this road trip, it's always good. Like anytime you win a series, you'll take it. Like I said, selfishly, you want to pitch well and you want to win the ball game that you're involved in. But, that's you fair. know, anytime you win a series, you feel good about it, especially against the team that's behind you. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully you can continue to play a good ball on the road and, uh, yeah, see what happens. Brewers starter Brett Anderson, everybody. After leaving with an injury today. It's not like he completely screwed over the team. They have been winning series. They've won nine of their last ten series. And the series they lost was against the Giants, who have been the best team in the National League. And it's a series they should have won. If Avi Garcia can just handle a can of corn, fly ball in right field, the Brewers win that series. We're talking about ten straight series wins. How awesome would that be? A couple of texts. Jason said, I'm going to get to you last, Jason. Hold on. First, Duck. Duck and Holman says Kenny Powers can pitch every game. That's facts. Bob Stock says, congrats to former Loggers player Lars Newtbar on his walk-off last night in extra innings for the Cardinals. I understand he's a former Logger. I hate that guy. Lars Newtbar? Shut up. That's not your name. Like, stop. Please, shut up. Like, please go away. Lars Newtbar? It's a Star Wars name. Jason texts in, says, not sure if you've covered G-Bill since I just hopped in my car, but sad news about Ted Davis retiring. I loved Bucks Radio so much. Ted was great, and I respect the heck out of it. Because Ted Davis isn't that old. I think he's been doing it for, oh, what was the number I saw today? I think just under 20 years. If it was 16, 17 years, something like that. I could be a little over or under. So I think he did it for 40 years. This man going out on top. I, I'm good for Ted, okay? I don't cover a team. I, I don't, like, I, my performance on the show is not really connected to the success or failure of any team. My mental health is absolutely at at the Green Bay Packers. But it's not like if one team won, I'd want to retire, and I'm 23. I don't... Made good money. Saved a little money. Not that much money. Ted Davis going out on top. I love that. Absolutely love that. What a king. Maybe Justin Garcia steps forward. Is Justin going to do some play-by-play? Maybe we should get Justin on. Talk about... Maybe we get the inside scoop on who's going to replace him. Anybody think they uh, they have an in? Anybody looking to get into sports broadcasting? Maybe Ebo. Ebo's been on vacation all week. Who's to say he's not in Milwaukee auditioning for that job? I don't know. I'm not trying to start beef on their morning show. I'm not trying to bring up drama, but a little suspicious, don't you think? 
Mr. Never Takes a Vacation, Ebo, and all of a sudden there's a job open in Milwaukee and Ebo is MIA. Interesting. That's all I'm saying. If you missed the start of the show, the very start of the show, we were giving Brandon Woodruff a little love. Why don't we hit this one more time for those who, like Jason, just got in their car. Brandon Woodruff, who was excellent last night, six innings pitched, 10 strikeouts at one point, retiring 13 straight batters. He was asked the difference between the St. Louis game, in which he surrendered six runs in one inning, and last night where he was so good. Hold on, that is the wrong button. That was the Brett Anderson button. Here is the Brandon Woodruff button. Brandon Woodruff. Woody, when, when push came to shove, did you use your fastball more tonight? 100%, yeah. The difference for me is just getting ahead. Like, that's that's like number one for me. So when I can get ahead and I'm able to, you know, locate the fastball for the most part, it, it just helps me out so much more with everything else. You know, that's my game. So for the most part, to the lefties, I was able to get up and in, and that was a, a big spot to get to. And when I'm able to do that and do it consistently, everything else just kind of plays off of that. And then just execution. That You know, that's, that's what bit me last game. Um, this tonight did a little bit better job of executing and Omar called a heck of a game. We had a good game plan going in and, and you know what we wanted to do and for the most part we were able to execute it. So just getting ahead and being able to mix it up and um you know that's that's kind of what I do. Getting ahead in the count and setting yourself up for success. It's like eating a nice meal a couple of hours before you're going out to drink with your friends. Last night had a couple of drinks after work, nothing crazy. Met a friend, watched a little bit of the brewer game at our favorite establishment. And I didn't eat lunch. I think I had a handful of almonds yesterday, and it didn't take very long. I was like, oh, I felt a little gross this morning, tummy hurt. You got to eat a nice meal. Set yourself up for success. Get ahead in the count, so to speak. Brandon Woodruff, same thing. He needs to be ahead in the count, throwing strikes, keep pressure on the hitter, and so he can just pour in those fastballs. Those fastballs described by Kyle Farmer so vividly here, the shortstop for the Reds. His fastball is on a different level. Um, his four-seam just... I consider, I call it a very angry fastball. It just, it's just heavy, it's hard, and it just comes right at you. And uh, he, can, he can blow it by you pretty good. An angry fastball, a heavy fastball. I'm no baseball player, but that doesn't seem like a fastball I want to tangle with, especially if I'm down in the count 0-2. Brett LaCrosse texts in and says, I love listening to Woodruff and his southern twang. He reminds me of, and I don't know where he's from. Maybe I'll look it up over the commercial break. He reminds me of Mac McAnally singer, songwriter, guitar player, and right-hand man for years to the greatest of all time, Jimmy Buffett. He, I think he grew up in Mississippi or in Alabama and hanging out Muscle Shoals with the Allman Brothers, like very deep. Sounds like, Lord willing, this show can continue. Lord willing, if Brett Anderson could just keep his body from falling apart for six innings, you know, it's it's it'll be a good thing, Lord willing, right? I don't know where he's from. I want to look it up. I enjoy listening to him, too. It's a wholesome accent. It's not an obnoxious southern accent. It's not like he's from the bio, so we can actually understand him. No offense to anyone who is from that area of the country. It's in jest. It is a joke. Aaron Rodgers spoke to the media today. Let's hear from that weirdo coming up next, because I don't know what he got into this. Well, I do know. He was traveling, and he was with his girlfriend. Um, Yeah, this dude is on another level right now. I don't know what to think of this press conference. Please help me make sense of it. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah. Do I have good ears or what? We had a text from Brett Lacrosse. He said, I really like the, the sound of the voice of Brandon Woodruff. 
like whatever Southern dialect that is. And I said, yeah, you know, it reminds me of Mac McAnally. Sound, same voice. You might not know who Mac McAnally is, guitar player, musician, plays with Jimmy Buffett. He's great. And I looked up where each were from. Brandon Woodruff is from Tupelo, Mississippi, which I'm assuming is the Tupelo that Van Morrison sings about in Tupelo, honey. Not sure. I can't imagine there's a lot of Tupelos. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Where's Mac McAnally from? Now, Mac McAnally's from Red Bay, Alabama. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Not the same place. But then I put it in Google Maps. They're 49 minutes apart. Woohoo! Communication scholar, what, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. I gotta go to Vegas. I gotta hit the club. I gotta do something tonight. I'm, I'm on a heater. Zach Heilprin is looking to knock me down a peg, which is, this is our fun back and forth. I tweeted about Brett Anderson's comment, and I said, yeah, I also struggle with my leg, hamstring, hip, groin area. It's no joke. And Zach replied, it's an old cross-country injury for sure. Hey, you can mock me for being in cross-country. I think that's a bad look for you personally in 2021. But to each their own, Zach. But just so you know, I was an Ironman. I never missed a race. My legs were made of steel. They're not now. I went for a run the other day, and I thought my Achilles was going to explode. But I pushed through it. I finished my run. I did. Can't run every day like I... Not like I used to. 608-796-2558, the talk and text line. Brett and LaCrosse says, wow, you are your biggest fan. Well, someone has to be. If I wasn't confident in myself, the show would be rather lame. I need to, be, I need to believe in myself. Sorry, I just... I spy- you can, Brett, I should be cocky about this. We're talking about the accent of Brandon Woodruff, and I said, hey, he sounds like this guy who's someone that 90% of people have never heard of, and they grew up, they were born 40 minutes apart. Yeah, I'm going to be cocky about that, absolutely. Now, let's move on to the next part of the show. I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers. He gave a press conference today, and it was a doozy. And I saw a report earlier today from Matt Schneidman of The Athletic, whose stuff I very much enjoy. He tweeted this during practice earlier today, and I, I got to scroll here for a sec. Hold on. Um, it was about Josh Myers. It says, quote, Aaron Rodgers just chewed someone out, and it sure seemed to be rookie center Josh Myers after he didn't snap the ball when he was supposed to. Rodgers called timeout, and as Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated notes, it was a frustrated timeout call. See, this is why I love the way that Kyle Farmer described Brandon Woodruff's fastball as heavy, as angry. Oh, it was a frustrated timeout call. This, these are the details we need. Rogers scheduled to be at the podium after practice. I like that tweet, and I said, oh, boy, here we go. We're going to get angry Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to be good for no one. Helps no one, hurts everybody. To paraphrase our president, the old Joe Biden. We didn't really get upset Aaron Rodgers. We got a mix of things. They did talk about Josh Myers, and we will get to that portion of the press conference. He also spoke at length and was asked, to be fair to Rodgers, he was asked about it. He was set up. Uh, about whether or not he was vaccinated, why he is vaccinated or immunized, as Rogers said, um, and his thoughts on everybody else being vaccinated. Look, I'd rather eat a box of sidewalk chalk than talk about that. So we're going to skip over that part of the press conference because there's lots of other things to do, starting with uh, MBS. What do we think about MBS? How's he looked so far in year, is this year four? Whatever, he's a couple years in. You know, I don't even want to talk about the receiver. I want to talk about the person. Uh, The person is... Uh, in a way different headspace. You know, I think uh, I think he is so settled uh, mentally, um, very clear, very present. You know, there's habits that go along with that, I think, and I think they're interchangeable, personal, professional, but he's become a true professional. There were times a couple of years ago where we didn't know if we could count on him because he was inconsistent in his practice habits um, and his daily habits almost, but that's not the Marquez that I know now. I mean, he is... Uh, 
an avid reader now. I helped him out. I took a nice little trip over to Barnes & Noble, got him a little starter pack on some books I thought he would like. Uh, but he's a way different person. He is uh, very, very present, uh, very professional. He's a leader now in the room. He's very comfortable with the scheme. Uh, Big Dog and I actually were talking to the tight ends yesterday. We had a break in the meeting, uh, in the afternoon meetings, and I popped in because I love that tight end room. And, and they just had this conversation about some life stuff. And Big Dog and I both shared, being the older guys in that room at that time, just how important the, the personal side is to being able to play uh, more consistently, professionally. And I mentioned in that room uh, two guys in particular who I feel like made big jumps and it was corresponding off the field work that they do that I think has really helped. And the two were Marquez and Allen. Hmm. I wonder, do I have like real life things that I do that make my professional life easier? I'm not a professional athlete. Clarify that. But I'm thinking outside of the eight hours a day or whatever I'm here and uh, the time that I do work at home, which is a little bit when I'm watching sports, you know, what else do I do in my life that, makes work easier. You think about this, right? When have you gone to work and you're seven out of the eight hours into the work day and you've crushed it and you're thinking, man, I did so good today. And I think it's because I did this, this, this probably got a good night's sleep, right? Maybe you ate healthy. Maybe you worked out. I don't know. Maybe your favorite artist dropped an album and you're just digging that and that's getting you through the day. I don't know. But Aaron Rodgers talking about how off the field behavior impacts on the field performance. That's something we're going to come back to in this presser. First, more on MVS and the idea of the veterans seeing this and making this a point in camp. He is uh, very, very present. Uh, MVS, this is. Very professional. He's a leader now in the room. He's very comfortable with the scheme. Uh, Big Dog and I actually were talking to the tight ends yesterday. We had a break in the meeting, uh, in the afternoon meetings, and I popped in because I love that tight end room. And, and they just had this conversation about some life stuff. And Big Dog and I both shared being the older guys in that room at that time just how important the personal side is to being able to play uh, more consistently, professionally. And I mentioned in that room uh, two guys in particular who I feel like made big jumps, and it was corresponding off the field work that they do that I think has really helped, and the two were Marquez and Allen. He also brings up Preston Smith, and we'll get to that in a second. I don't. Does Rodgers like, keep tabs on all these guys? He always talks about, I just love having conversations, and me and Randall Cobb had dinner, and we were crying together. And Like, how is he so connected with everyone? I I don't know. I, sometimes I get vibes. It's going to sound like I'm a hater, and I talked about yesterday. My, my patience for the Packers these days is very thin. My optimism for the Packers is very thin just because I that NFC Championship game in January, just shut up. Like, you, I, I, I can't imagine, I can't draw up a more embarrassing way to step all over your you-know-what and lose a game that you absolutely should have won. Like, I, I'm not over that. I can be over that for a while. I could get over 2014 because that was the outlier game. Every That happens to every team every once in a while. But to do it twice in five years, stop. Stop. So, I don't know. I, I guess I'm looking a little bit more critically at what Aaron Rodgers has to say in this whole charade of training camp. Aaron Rodgers is asked, is this a new way of thinking for you to think that off the field behavior impacts on the field performance? I think it's evolved a little bit. I think the, you can definitely see when there's issues off the field or the things that are bothering people, there might be an imbalances where it does affect the certain guys. I think it can work in, in hand in hand. Sometimes guys come 
become more comfortable as a professional and it allows them personally to uh, be their true self and their personality come out. Sometimes it's the opposite, you know, maybe struggling professionally a little bit, habit-wise, start forming good habits off the field, uh, settle into your personal life, whatever that looks like and, and means is different for, for everybody. And then you see the professional life start to really balance and level. And I think we've seen usually more the other way. I mean, the personal life kind of uh, coming in alignment and the professional life settling in and guys being way more consistent. And, and those guys especially have done it. I just laugh. I look at some of the, you know, the, the social media posts from our guys, and you guys probably do too, but I was teasing Preston this morning. I said, where did all this, you know, positivity come from? Because, you know, it's definitely been a change with him, and he's a guy who's been working on himself off the field and trying to spread more love and positivity. Love and, and positivity. his play, you guys have seen it in training camp. I thought he's played really well. Love I mean, and positivity. I don't think that's a coincidence. Love and positivity. 608-796-2558. Maybe one of the most loving and positive people that I ever get to talk to. Jeff in lacrosse. Jeff, how are you? Welcome. <laughs> well, I'm loving and positive, of course. Of course. You, you know, what what I think of, and I've got to watch for how I say this because you do know I'm a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. I am not a Rodgers fan. Mm-hmm. And he left everybody hanging for months. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, I'm just saying he does one thing and says another, and he sounds like you never hear from the coach these same things. He sounds like he's the coach. If you listen to this and didn't know it was a quarterback, it sounds like the coach. Yeah, I just – Do I, I make sense? Yeah, you're making sense. I just I – don't, I don't need to hear this. Like, this is news because Rodgers is speaking, and it's interesting, and he's talking about MVS and, and Josh Myers, and that interests me. But this whole love and positivity thing – like. I remember when I got my first girlfriend in middle school and I thought it changed my life and like, oh, I see the world differently. I can see the colors and they're more beautiful. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to hate yeah, on my quarterback, and, but I don't know. It's, I'm well, a little over well, it. The man has got, right. The man has got talent, but I think he's, he, he sounds to me like he's way out there. The first thing he was asked about is MBS's ability. He goes, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I think I'd worry about my receiver catching the ball and blocking <laughs> and, do, and running the patterns before I'd worry about how he feels about life. Well, the the, the off-the-field stuff, that's that plays a huge role. Jeff, you're a working man. Well, what happens if, if, you're, if your home life is off-kilter? Does that impact your professional self? Because I think that's what Rogers well, is saying. Well, every, everybody – Everybody has their days where they feel great and it goes well, and mm-hmm. they have their days where no matter what you do, it doesn't go well. A good friend of mine once said to me, if you like your job 51% of the time or more, yeah. you're, gonna, you're in the right job. You're never going to love it 100%. Be, be wary. I'm 60 years old. Be wary of anybody that tells you, I love my job every day and I can't wait to get there because that, that's not reality. That's wisdom. Damn. So 51% of the time. I love that. I've never heard anybody say that before. That's actually, I yeah. think that's the uh, wisest thing we're going to yeah, hear on the he, show today. Well, and my friend would say, if you don't love it 51% or more, um, uh, then go find something yeah. that you do like. Yeah. And he's, he was one that could say in two sentences what it would take me an hour and a half to get to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's t- I don't good know. friend of mine. He's t- And I will say something else. Never, ever as a runner. And I've been running longer than you've been alive since 1982. Mm -hmm. Never, ever have anybody diss running because it's harder than anything to do. 
Yes. I mean, look, I, I enjoy it. Like, I did it every year throughout right. high school. And, like, it's something you get used to. But, like, just putting some headphones in and just cruising around. Like, you find yeah. it. You have a nice loop that you really like. It's relaxing. I get why other people rip it. But, like, when did it become, like, a non-masculine thing? Like, I, I think running is very oh, yeah. masculine. It's very guttural. It's very strong. It, 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 <laughs> takes, it takes more. Yes. It takes more heart and desire to run than it does anything, if you ask me. Yes. Yes, I needed that, Jeff. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you. Oh, thank you for putting me on. Yeah, of course, Jeff. Nice to talk to you. 51% of the time. I love that. Because I do think that whole, oh, love what you do. You'll never work a day in your life. Well, it is still work. You might like it. You, it might be very rewarding. You might get a lot from it. Um, and I, this job is very rewarding. I get friends like Jeff who I get to talk to every couple of days. We get to talk about our favorite teams and ride the highs and lows together. Like, it's great, but it's, it's still work. Like, there are days where nothing's going on. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to talk for two hours. What the heck am I going to say? And that's normally when our excellent callers step up and they're like, well, let's argue about the food network. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. I like that 51% thing. I, I think that's very realistic. Whereas I think in this country, sometimes we're unrealistic about work. Like, oh, love your job. Never work a day in your life. Well, that's not true. It's still work. But the 51% thing, that's, that's good. That might be the wisest thing we hear. Let's listen to more Aaron Rodgers, see if he's got any wisdom, a couple of other texts and tweets I got to get to after this break. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Where are the fish biting? Find out with me, Kevin Millard, host of WKTY Outdoors, Saturday mornings at 8 on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. I got my laptop in the studio, and I had the Brewer game on, so Bally Sports Wisconsin is still going. And it's not distracting. It's interesting to have something going. I'm watching Made for the Outdoors, uh, season 2, episode 21. They're at Thorgood Boots. I'm watching them make work boots, leather, and cowboy boots. Not what we're talking about. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Jeff bestowed upon us some unreal life wisdom, work-life balance. And that's what Rodgers is talking about. He's also talking about Josh Myers and the offensive line and whether this year is a Super Bowl or bust. And Jordan Love a little bit, too. We probably don't have time to get to this whole press today, but that's okay. I don't know how much I can take. Andrew texts in and says, can Rodgers just talk like a normal person for once? Yeah, I don't remember him always being like this. And I don't mean to sound like anti-Rodgers guy. He's my favorite football player I've ever watched, but like, God, I need to see him play football because I don't, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not getting, I'm not getting a lot out of this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers asked if this is his best training camp so far, and if so, why? I think it's been a good camp. Definitely been a good camp. I felt good from the beginning. It's a fine line because, as you guys have seen over the years, I do like to work on things and test things in training camp and, and make maybe slightly dicier throws than I, than I would in the regular season. But it's, it's about finding that muscle memory in those moments uh, to be able to repeat those throws or those pocket movements to get to a platform to make a throw. Um, I think that I've been accurate. A lot of that is due to my legs, which I talked extensively about last year. But having my legs underneath me has really meant uh, a great deal to my ability to be consistent with my balance and my rhythm and my timing. And when all those things are kind of in line, that's when the accuracy comes. I feel like I've been pretty accurate. Lower body, you know it's good for uh, your legs. Running. Running. Great leg workout. 
strength from the waist down. And upper body strength, too. You're not going to get size, but you're going to get fitness. Fitness and great for the lungs. Great for the cardio. Aaron Rodgers talking about whether or not it's his best camp. This is really what I was most intrigued about. Aaron Rodgers asked about Jordan Love. He's, I, I don't know. I'll listen to him ramble and talk at length about Jordan Love because I don't know a whole lot about Jordan Love. We barely got to see him play, and yet we talk about him constantly. So I was excited. There's about two minutes worth. I split it into part one and part two. Here's part one. Well, first, happy birthday again to Tom. Um, Tom Fanning. Wait a minute. Uh, who I reference a lot for those watching what at home. The... Uh, happy 47th birthday, Tom. Thank you. Okay. Um, as far as Jordan is concerned, so sick. Uh, I still tend to agree with my my long-time, well, medium-time, I guess, teammate Brady Papinga in the importance of preseason. I think the practice reps are the most important thing because you're going to see more defenses that you might see in the in the regular in the regular season. I think what hurt him uh, more was maybe missing that day against the Jets or both. Of, you missed both both the days. Yeah, missing those two days because uh, Salah threw a lot of things at us, and that to me is more important uh, than than the game. Now the first week the Texans didn't play a whole lot on defense. They played some very uh, vanilla coverages. It would have been better against the Jets. Uh, Buffalo, I'm assuming I heard starters are going to play. So uh, if he's able to play, which I, I think he's going to. Um, not speaking out of turn there, my Tom. Thank you. Happy birthday. Okay, TBD. But uh, this would be great for him because the starters and that Bills defense, which is very aggressive and, and throws a bunch of different looks, uh, will be good for him. Happy birthday to Tom Fanning. And Aaron Rodgers coming around to join practices a little bit. we reversed course now here because the Texans two years ago, they were vanilla in practice. And now the Jets weren't vanilla in practice, but they were vanilla in the preseason game. So Jordan Love, in any case, needs to get back on the field because these reps are important and Rodgers continues to talk more about that. The thing, and I talked about it with uh, John Kuhn uh, the first week, the most important thing for any young quarterback, especially for Jay, is the footwork. And when he throws the ball on time, he's a very accurate quarterback. Um, you know, if there's any type of clutter with uh, progression or read or whatever, for any of us, any quarterback, when you're not throwing the ball in rhythm, it becomes more difficult to be accurate and be effective. Um, I thought just today we were working on a couple of things with Getze, and I thought uh, he did a really nice job um, with a couple of things we were working on with him and, and Kurt and, uh, and Jake. So. Um, you know, he just needs to trust his footwork and, and go out and, and, uh, and play play in rhythm. <sighs> trust his footwork. This is funny because Rogers' footwork is so bad. He's been thrown off his back foot for years. I, this, isn't, this isn't a Rogers slandered segment, although I keep saying that, but then I keep slandering Rogers. Here's something interesting. Talking about new center Josh Myers, rookie center, and the dynamic there and how that's been and what's good and what's bad. This should be... Illustrative. This should teach us something. I shouldn't be able to find a way to get upset about this. I was very uh, gentle and patient early in camp. <laughs> gentle and patient. And there has mind, to be I'm a switch pissed. because we're getting a little closer. Um, it's important that he feels the urgency in my demeanor uh, moving forward, especially with potentially, uh, you know, a young person playing next to him. Uh, we need him to play more like a veteran and not like a rookie. And it's not something that we haven't demanded out of guys in this position before. Corey Lindsley, you know, did that, started, played against Seattle, I think, his first game and lined up against Michael Bennett for much of the game. Um, so he's capable of it. The good thing is there's a lot of situations that have happened over the last couple of weeks that 
are great teaching moments. And the more that we can put ourselves in situations like today, which I really enjoyed today's practice, the noise, which we haven't done before, the more we can have situations come up that we can learn from. Learning situations. Having those situations come up on the practice field. Ideal is better than them coming up. I think Rogers said in New Orleans. I wonder what it's like playing center for Aaron Rodgers. Because right, like, Rodgers can do his job for the most part as long as the O-line keeps him upright and Rodgers can get open, run the route. Like, sure, there's space for things to go wrong. But he's got to get the ball from the center every play. Snap count's got to be right every play. He's got to know when the ball's coming every play. Does this have... Not catastrophe potential. What's the word I'm looking for? Could this be an issue week one, week two, week three? You know what I mean? Like, should we be worried about having a rookie center? I don't know. He was on a... I was listening to Josh Myers. He's spoken to the media a couple of times, and he seems like he's got it figured out. I don't know. It's just a lot to know. But Aaron Rodgers, hard count and the cadence and audibles and everything. is pre-snap motion and a lot of Matt LaFleur's plays. It's, a, it's an offense that utilizes pre-snap motion quite a bit. I'm not saying we should be worried. Let's just put it on our radar. Is that a fair way to put it? Uh, 25 more seconds on Josh Myers, and then let's take a break. What happened today was a conversation we've had one time, and the situation came up, and he didn't respond uh, how we talked about. But I would guess, knowing him a little bit now, that that'll be his one-time mistake on that. And you need plays like that. I mean, I'm not mad about that. I'm frustrated and snap it at the moment, but I'm not ultimately mad uh, I'm, I'm way happier that happened in practice than, than down in New Orleans. Than down in New Orleans. One time, you just don't make a mistake twice. Don't make the same mistake twice. We're giving out life advice on today's show. And that's also, the Jets talked about that with Zach Wilson. Everybody loves him because he only makes mistakes once. And then he learns, he gets better. That's what rookies are supposed to do. I don't know. Josh Myers, now consider him officially on my radar. I don't know. I'm a little worried about that. But I love worrying about things that I have no business worrying about. So that's more of a personality trait for me. Let's take a break. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. A little bit more from Aaron Rodgers and an update from Mike Clemens. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers with another practice in pads after a day of team meetings yesterday here at Lambeau Field. Now it appears that offensive lineman Royce Newman is getting closer to being named the starting right guard. The six foot five rookie was asked about moving from offensive tackle at Ole Miss to guard in the NFL. Just I'm more familiar with tackle just because I played this whole past year, but uh, just getting more reps at guard is uh, really like just. Uh, helped me out, just kind of getting used to how, like, kind of forgot how just quick the speed was in the interior compared to, like, the tackle. We had a little more time to adjust. Just getting more reps at guard, just kind of getting used to the different type of speed you see in there. Has Matt LaFleur made a final decision on who will start on the offensive line? Yeah, I think we're getting closer, but we're going to let this thing go all the way throughout camp. You know, we've got basically two more weeks, essentially, before we get into legitimate game week mode, and so I think we'll take all, all two weeks. The team heads to Buffalo this Saturday, where former UW-Whitewater receiver Jake Kumaro is in his seventh NFL season and was asked what it would mean to earn a roster spot with the Bills with a good showing against the Packers. That's everything since I left Whitewater. Um, yeah, that's what my goal is. That's what... That's the plan. That's what I've been working for. That's what the offseason was for. That's what going hard in camp's for. That's what this week's game is for. No, I'm excited. It'll be cool to, you know, see some of the guys I know, some familiar faces. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, just because it's Green Bay, it'll be good to bump those guys around a little bit. Best Packers coverage. 
Jake Kumaro. I can't believe he's been in the league for seven years. I guess he hasn't really been in the league. He's been of the league, but not in the league for seven years. Wyack guy. Whitewater guy. Best athletic conference in the country. Conference of champions. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Last couple of minutes. Going to hear a little bit from Aaron Rodgers. Let's see, what can we just absolutely not miss out on? The words from the lips of our quarterback. What about this one? Aaron Rodgers asked, is it a uh, Super Bowl or bust year? And the cliche is, well, it's title town USA every year, Super Bowl or bust. Otherwise, it's a failure. Yeah, we know. Um, he goes in a little bit more depth, though, which I appreciate. It's not so much cliche. You might have. Have you written an article already that says no, Super Bowl or bust? I'm going to. You've been thinking about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think we all know what's at stake, and, and I talked about that a little bit today about perspective and how important uh, that perspective is to focus on this season and, and enjoy the most, uh, you know, the most out of this season because uh, there are a lot of unknowns. You know, you, Devontae, Marquez, Allen, Bobby, Mercedes, some guys up front, guys on defense. So, yeah, I mean, they made they jumped through some hoops to get on the cap this year. Obviously, the cap is expected to go back up next year, but you never know. So we're just going to enjoy this season. It's it's title town. It's a championship or disappointment just about every year. I do appreciate that logic. I also, it doesn't really matter. Remember what Bud said before the season? When they asked him, is this year NBA Finals or bust? He's like, well, no, not really. And then all the people who work in national media and radio were like, Coach Bud should be fired. It's embarrassing that he said that. Oh, my God. The same people right now who are saying that, like, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace should be fired because Justin Fields isn't starting preseason games. Like, it doesn't doesn't matter. Okay, Roger said it's Super Bowl bust. Great. Awesome. Wonderful. I appreciate that he talked candidly about the cap situation and the future because it's murky, certainly. And he's played a little bit of a part in that, right? Bringing in Randall Cobb didn't make matters easier with the cap and his extension certainly hasn't simplified things either, although they did lop off the final year of his deal. It was nice to hear him recognize that, right? He's not denying that. It also just doesn't matter. But, but Aaron Rodgers is a Super Bowl or bust mentality. Is that tough on the team? How does that affect you guys? I'm not saying that some teams don't struggle with that. I don't know. But it's not something that's on my mind or the leaders' minds as far as uh, the long-term, long-term focus. We try and keep things a little tighter focused, um, you know, on improvement and mindset on a daily basis. Uh, I'm trying to avoid cliches here because I don't believe in them, but um, we obviously have goals. But what's gotten us to this point of a couple, you know, objectively successful years is that same focus on the mindset, chemistry, professionalism so that's not going to change you know all I meant the other day was I think we're all just going to try and enjoy this one a little bit more soak it in enjoy the ride I'm enjoying the Brewers ride right now I didn't want to miss a single second of the game today they were down five to one or four to one or whatever it was five nothing four nothing I don't remember but I couldn't put the game away I had my laptop open I'm like I'm truthfully enjoying this season I'm enjoying this team having a good time watching them I don't know if I'll be able to do the same with the Packers for reasons that we have discussed. I'm not sure. I do not know. Hopefully. But then I'll buy in, and then we all know how it'll end, and then we'll have to get upset again, and I don't... uh, I just want football to start. Fantasy drafts. 
start betting a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nice. We need that to get here already. We need actual football because I can't do press conferences much longer. I can't do preseason games really at all. I would rather not do them at all. We got to get ready for the season. Tomorrow, hopefully Zach Heilprin. Wouldn't that be nice? Get connected with our buddy. Talk more about the Packers and about the Brewers heading into a weekend series as well. Tomorrow, talk to you then. Bye.